Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Warriors, warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the RJ Ringside podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Check out all the latest numbers in sports betting there. It's Heidi Fang here with Adam Hill, Larry Mir, and Sam Gordon. We're going to talk about everything happening in the combat sports world because it looks like soon, if things work out, we may start seeing some things happen here in Las Vegas with both top-ranked boxing and MMA cards happening here. Adam, first of all, we've got to start talking about about what could happen this week as the uh, NAC, the Nevada Athletic Commission, has decided to meet on the 27th, a special meeting here being held to determine whether or not the UFC can hold their event on the 30th here. And also they've requested another date on the 6th as well. So that's a couple fight cards they're looking to hold here before this mystery fight island appears. (laughs) I'm still waiting to find out what's going on with that, if that's even real But um, yeah, so we're going to talk here about that. And I wanted to get your take on what could possibly happen at this meeting. Is there any way the commission tells the UFC, no, you can't host your May 30th event here? No. Is that enough? No. Uh, No, that's not going to happen. Listen, uh, the Nevada Athletic Commission has has long worked with promoters and and sports. And, and, you know, it's not like they go to this meeting with no idea what's going to be talked about or what's going to happen. Uh, they're going into this meeting. I think everybody is under, under the uh, understanding that the meeting is somewhat of a formality. I mean, I think that they they have some real issues to talk about. They have some real things they want to put on the record about all of this. And uh, I'm sure they're going to pass some stipulations and say uh, the UFC is, uh, you know, allowed to go forward as long as they, you know, adhere to this, 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 and this. Um, it just It just makes some sense that this stuff has been worked out beforehand uh i don't think data white would have reached out to you know to me and said hey we're we're good to go uh if he hadn't had some assurances and then i don't think the, the nevada athletic commission would be waiting until three days before an event uh to do an event uh or to do a meeting about whether the that event is allowed to happen i mean the fighters are already going to be in town everything's going to be already somewhat progressing toward this this fight occurring on saturday uh when this meeting goes forward so no i i think it's mostly a formality uh, but they do have some, you know, some issues that they want to talk about. And I know the UFC and uh, Top Rank Boxing have both presented proposals for how that how they want to keep things safe. Uh, but from what I understand, the Nevada Athletic Commission has their own proposals, and I think they handed to both those organizations and said, "Yeah, if you want to go forward, uh, this is what it's going to take, and you're going to have to do this, this, and this." And uh, they'll be working together on both sides and trying to put forth a fair event. But I don't expect any drama on Wednesday. Sam, what is the word on top rank? Adam mentioned it there. What is the word on the boxing cards and the events that they plan to hold coming forward? Yeah, they've been working closely with uh, with MGM and, and as Adam mentioned, the state, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, to figure out, um, similar to UFC, how to how to conduct fight cards here. And the, the hope is 
um, according to, to the chairman, Bob Aaron, that they can get going on June 9th. And then from that point forward, it would be two cards a week, the, uh, generally Tuesdays and Thursdays, all the way through July. And they feel like, like, like Adam touched on, they feel like they have uh, measures and parameters in place that would, would be safe for everybody. And, and they feel like they could fill out all these cards. And, uh, you know, normally a, a fight card, a, a boxing card, if it was, you know, traditionally like on a Saturday in front of a, a live audience, we'd have eight, nine, eight or nine fights, for instance. But these cards are going to be reduced to four or five fights. Um, at first, initially, the thought was only fighters that were already in the U.S., but that's since been expanded depending on um, international fighters, what their status is with their visa, if they can get here safely, things like that. But uh, no, top rank plans to be back um, as soon as possible. And, and really, um, and they, they really want to take advantage of this downtime. I was talking to Aram about you know, just what is this, what could this mean for boxing or what could it mean for top rank, given that there's no other live sports. And this is a big opportunity where people want live sports. We haven't had that for a really long time. And if you have two boxing cards a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays in prime time, um, I think those would definitely draw a lot of eyeballs and, and could be something that, uh, you know, helps elevate some of the, the, the profile of some of the fighters that he has with his promotion. Well, you heard from Aram on Monday, so let's go ahead and take a moment right here to hear what he had to say about boxing's comeback. Everybody in that room who have been tested and currently tested and will be coronavirus free. And we've been working very closely with UMC on testing. Uh, Jim Merrin, who is former head of MGM and is the head of the Coronavirus Task Force in Nevada, has been very, very helpful with us as the people at MGM. Uh, so this is going to be as safe as possible. Uh, I mean, you couldn't ask for more safety as far as the coronavirus. Uh, we have, um, uh, uh, we thought initially that we'd have to use only fighters who live in the United States. Uh-huh. Because, but apparently there are ways for those fighters who are outside the United States who come from certain countries, uh, and if uh, they have valid P1s, valid visas, uh, uh, can come into the country, and I'm happy to say that over the weekend, uh, the two Maloney twins, the incredible young guys from Australia, arrived in Las Vegas, and they'll be appearing uh, on the cards uh, uh, along the line. Uh, we're also uh, reaching out to those uh, fighters like the Ukrainian, Janabek, who's uh, Kazakhstan, and we're seeing if they have these, and we're seeing if we can bring them to the United States. Sure. But there are plenty, plenty of American fighters like uh, Shakur Stevenson who will be fighting uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, uh, we're going to do as big a fight as we can uh, and uh, uh, we're going to go on from there. So we're planning two a week in June or July 
and we'll see what happens when we get to August. What Dana did with UFC and things like that, did that kind of give you a model as to what to do or what not to do in terms of preparing these well, events? Yeah, I mean, we've been working on our plans for, well, certainly weeks now. UFC plan, and, you know, not bad, but, it, but it's not uh, really that, that good. In other words, I think that Nevada would want a more stringent plan. Nevada's been over our plan, and from what I hear, everybody, you know, loves it because it's very, very strict, and, uh, uh, but it's, it's taken the cooperation of a lot of people. I would say that Florida is more lax uh, than Nevada. Our governor's good job, you know, controlling uh, this virus. And, you know, we initially said we were going to do it uh, in a uh, to the uh, uh, regulatory authorities and that's what we're going to do and uh, uh, we'll look uh, to other states uh, maybe starting in August Okay. Uh, some events in uh, California or Texas using the Nevada uh, model but for now for June and July uh, it, it'll be a Nevada show So, Adam, a a lot of things about the sports coming back revolve around the safety measures and the how they're going to plan to slowly come back to having maybe fans at events. But with the two UFC events being planned for the Apex, I don't imagine that they will have any fans there. It'll be just the minimal staff as it was when they held the events in Jacksonville. Have you heard from the UFC? Are they keeping in this? same security and protocols that they had as far as uh, virus prevention going into these events in Las Vegas at this time, or uh, it, are they doing something different as they come here? What have you heard about the, the safety measures that they're taking? Uh, there'll be some differences, uh, you know, first and foremost, that it's, it's a different commission that they're working with. So I think in Florida, part of it was uh, they went to Florida and they said, Hey, here's, here's our plan. It's a 25 page plan. This is what we think we can do. It involves closing off a hotel and having that, you know, right across uh, from an arena. And this is what we're going to do. And I think Florida was like, yeah, that's great. That sounds good. Uh, Go with that. And the UFC was able to have three fight cards down there. And and part of what they said was, hey, we learned a lot of lessons from the first one that we took over to the second one. And then we learned a lot of lessons from the second one that we took over to the third one. Uh, So they learned some lessons and they're going to have a better plan i think going forward and then the other the other part of that as i mentioned is that the nevada athletic commission has their own protocols that they want to put in that they think uh are needed uh to to do these events safely so uh, it'll be a collaborative effort between the ufc and, and the nevada athletic commission and, and how they want to handle things and uh we'll see how that goes goes forth and then the other part of that is you know where are uh where is everybody staying what, what is the hotel that's part of this is it a closed hotel uh, that they're going to open up just for them and have uh, just so you know very minimal number of people on premises where you can shuffle back and forth between there and the apex, um, or is it a hotel that's going to be open and that they already have a plan uh, going forward for how they're going to utilize that? I think that's kind of a big question. I haven't really been able to uh, to pin down the exact details uh, of that in terms of you know where people are staying and that sort of thing. Uh, the the 
kind of the crazy part of this uh, is that the UFC has long had plans to build a hotel on on their premises between their headquarters and the Apex facility. And uh, it would be just so perfect if that was done already, that they could already have people staying right there and never have to leave uh, that property. But uh, those plans have been pushed back a little bit. That is not done. Uh, it's not even broken ground on yet, really. So uh, that's not a, a reality or a possibility. But, man, it would be perfect if that had already been done and they could already make something like that happen. Uh, but instead, they'll you know they have access to hotels. We know certainly they're uh, uh, they have a lot of friends in the hotel business and might be able to use one of those spots uh, and and just isolate and you know make this happen. But I, I think the lessons that they've learned from Florida will will certainly carry forward. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. A word from our sponsor. We'll talk about some of these Twitter beefs that are happening and also get some big names coming back in the boxing world. So stay tuned right here on the RJ Ringside Podcast. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get it on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with Chicago Bulls. Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use your promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Welcome back to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's Heidi Fang, Larry Mir, Sam Gordon, and Adam Hill. And first, before we start getting into some of the Twitter beefs that we've seen happening here and, and what John Jones did a play-by-play on yesterday with his Twitter account, uh, I wanted to ask Sam, who are some of the big names that are uh, being brought back into the boxing world for some of the first events that they are planning to hold? Yeah, um, Top Rank is looking at having Shakur Stevenson um, headline that June 9th card when they come back. Now, originally he was supposed to fight Rafael Rivera, but that's reportedly been called off. Um, they're looking for a replacement for him as he looks to defend his WBO featherweight title. Um, at 22, he's one of the most exciting young. I think he's eclipsed the point of being a prospect. I mean, he's one of the most exciting young uh, fighters in all of boxing right now. So that'll be huge, having him come back and, and being able to showcase him and have him in the spotlight on that June 9th card if they can find a replacement opponent. I know Jose Ramirez um, is another fighter that top top rank is looking look at looking at bringing back on one of these cards. He's the light unified light welterweight champion. Um, number of opponents out there he could fight. And then down the road in the fall, there's talks of Errol Spence making his return. Uh, we we he arguably submitted the fight of the year last year against Sean Porter in L.A. A, you know, twelve round classic back and forth uh, that he won by decision. And then he got in a horrific car accident. Uh, thankfully, he's okay and it's been taking time to recover. But he's looking at fighting possibly Danny Garcia in the fall. So that's huge as well. He's arguably the best welterweight right now. I know there's been, I mean, I think the fans have wanted for the longest time a a Spence-Terrence Crawford fight. Looks like we're still a little ways away from that, with both those guys being undefeated and knowing what they could do. But the fact that he's getting closer to a return of the ring is huge. I mean, he's one of the biggest names in boxing, one of the faces of the sport. And the fact that he's healthy, training and ready to possibly fight in a few months is really, really a positive for the sport, regardless of 
what what uh, parameters are put in place because of the coronavirus. Yeah, that accident was horrific, man. I'm just uh, glad that you know, he pretty much he walked away unscathed, you know, for the most part. So um, it's, miraculously. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's very. Uh, good to see you know that he can get back and he's got his head focused in the game and that he will be making a comeback after that it was something else man when I saw the video wow all right so Larry and Adam I want to get into what I was talking about here about this Twitter ongoing battle here between Francis Ngannou and John Jones it seems to be as of right now based on the negotiations that John Jones is reporting (laughs) that this fight will not happen that it's going to be a big night for the light heavyweight division as opposed to John Jones going to heavyweight adam based on what you saw from john jones and all the tweets as of right now not deleted they still remain intact (laughs) what do you think happened here with the ufc and his negotiations with them if what he was reporting was accurate yeah when you start to look at some of these you know twitter beefs or you know call outs on twitter uh, i think you need to to learn how to translate uh what a lot of this stuff means on both sides uh, of the equation you know uh, John Jones and Francis Ngannou were, were going back and forth on Twitter, and uh, this started to become kind of a fun fight that everybody was debating, like, oh, this would be great to watch. Uh, will this happen? And then Data White comes out and says, you know, a lot of times these guys talk on Twitter, and they really don't want to take the fight. Now, that what that means is, you know, a, is that Data White is saying, these guys don't want to take the fight for what I want to pay them. That That's what he means by that. And then uh, you start the negotiations, and uh, you know, John Jones was very public about how his side of the negotiations went in his mind. He was like, okay, I'm taking a massive risk. I'm giving up my title, moving to heavyweight, maybe for good, uh, giving up a division that I've dominated and I haven't really been challenged that often in uh, to take a big risk and to do a, a fight that's going to do massive numbers on television. So I'm not doing this for my normal deal. You're going to have to pay me a lot more money to take this fight. And the UFC was like, no. We're not. In fact, you're giving up a title. You're probably going to make less money. Uh, the, the, the whole thing uh, was was always going to be about money. It was always a negotiation. Uh, clearly, the UFC didn't want to budge from where they were. And John Jones thought that he should be very, very, very well compensated for making the move that he was. And I, I would probably tend to agree with that. Uh, so that's where it was always going to be. It was always going to be at a standstill. There was always going to be an impasse here. And John Jones is asking for more money, which, again, I think he deserves but he's asking for more money for to do a fight in a time where they don't have any fans there. So there's no gate to be to be made. Uh, I, I would I would suggest that the fighters deserve a bigger a much bigger portion of the money anyway. Uh, but it's going to be tough to make that case when you're not allowed to sell tickets to an event and there can't be any fans and you're losing that massive revenue stream. So yeah, Larry, what is your take on what's been happening with John Jones and all the live tweets? Well, thanks to the wonderful world of uh, social media and Twitter, not only can you go on there and let people know how your day's been and what you had for lunch, but uh, you can go on there, pick a fight with somebody, and then complain about the negotiations for the fight. So I think it's fantastic, and I hope we get more of it, but I just hope it gets a little bit better. But yeah, going back to what Adam was saying, I I absolutely agree that there's definitely an argument on Jones's end uh, for more pay. Uh, due to the fact that he's he is risking more, he's relinquishing a championship belt, and he's moving up in weight class. Um, you know, I don't know if it's greed or fear on Jones's behalf, but you know what Adam also said: you have to take into consideration there. There's no live gate. There's no concession money coming in. It's solely pay per view buys and um, sponsorship money. 
So, you know, I, I hope that, you know, it's taken into consideration and, you know, they, they, they look past it and they just get the fight on. This would be a great fight to see. Um, if the fight does happen, you know, I think Jones would win it. I think Nagano is a, a fantastic striker and, you know, he's getting better, you know, every time we see him in the cage, but, um, he's got a lot of holes in his standup. And I think, uh, when you're facing a, a world-class fighter like John Jones, he's going to be able to pick him apart. So uh, hopefully we get to see the fight. Hopefully this is just uh, them playing it up to get the fight um, and, and to rouse up interest for the fight. But um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's have our fingers crossed and hopefully we get to see this soon. Um, Tyrone Woodley, Gilbert Burns. This wasn't what uh, fans had on the docket at first when they were anticipating Tyrone Woodley's return here because it was supposed to be a fight with Leon Edwards. Uh, that was supposed to happen at UFC Fight Night 171. But that one, um, because, you know, Leon Edwards, uh, I believe, is back in London where he resides that this fight he can't come out for. So we had Gilbert Burns now coming into this bout. So this one, uh, Gilbert Burns, I think, is just one of those fighters right now that is, uh, you know, figuring it all out, kind of coming into his own. I, I don't want to ever call this guy a prospect because he was in jujitsu for so long and just a, a decorated uh, practitioner there. And uh, all the work that he did back in the day with Vitor Belfort when he was first coming into MMA was something else. But now he's been on a streak of winning five fights in a row. So taking on Tyron Woodley, who recently lost his belt to Kamaru Usman. Well, not recently. That was over a year ago. So now we look at Tyron Woodley, who had trained up for Leon Edwards and now coming back to face Burns on the 30th. Um, Adam, what do you make of this bout? Yeah, I, I think it's a good one. I mean, you mentioned Tyron Woodley. It seems like he just recently lost the title. It was a year ago, but he has not competed since then. So it will be his first fight since losing the belt. I'm sure he's anxious to get back in there and, and kind of get back going and in pursuit of his title again. Uh, and then Gilbert Burns on the other side, as you said, a, a great jujitsu guy, but a guy who's really added some power in his hands. He's coming off that first round knockout. He was actually on that. He was on that last card that the UFC did before shutting down March 14th, that empty venue uh, in Brazil. So he's got a little bit of experience now fighting in a UFC card or on a UFC card in a big fight uh, with no no crowd, which might be a little bit of an advantage for him. Uh, and and I, I can tell you, he just wants to fight. It, it, this is... It's pretty insane that uh, it's just a couple of weeks ago now, with three weeks ago, that I was sitting there at weigh-ins for that uh, for the UFC 249 event, and I just asked Gilbert, like, "Hey, you're going to fight Tyron Woodley in this uh, this fight back in Vegas?" He's like, "Yeah, that's done. That's going to happen. I'm about to sign the contract." And then, literally, like 30 seconds later, he was running over to one of the officials uh, with the UFC and asking if everybody was going to be able to weigh in, because if not, he wanted to fight. And I was like, dude, he just told me he's fighting in a main event in three weeks. What is he doing? But he just, he just wants to fight. So uh, it's, it's not that surprising that, uh, that he's taking this fight. He's jumping up and stepping up into a, uh, into this fight. It's a big one for him and, uh, and a big one for Tyron Woodley to see uh, if he's able to bounce back off that title loss. All right, so we also have coming up here a few other fights with the UFC if everything goes off as they plan it. Uh, the the other one after May 30th, as we mentioned, would be the Felicia Spencer-Amanda Nunes fight. Uh, that one for the title there, the featherweight title that Nunes uh, 
Nunez holds on to. So that one could happen here at the apex as well, if all goes well at this May 27th meeting. And Adam, um, there's a couple more fight cards in the works. What do you know about what else the UFC is trying to put together for the coming month? Yeah, I mean, it's ambitious, uh, but the UFC plans to be back in business, as they say. They, they think they're going forward. They want to uh, make up for some of these lost weeks. They did a little bit of that with having three fight cards uh, in eight days, but uh, you know, they were planning on doing, you know, in the mid 40s number of shows this year, and uh, they fell behind a little bit on that pace. So they want to catch back up. So uh, they've applied for those two dates, May 30th, June 6th. Uh, looks like those are going to happen. And then we keep hearing fights announced for June 13th and June 20th. So uh, all these fights are coming together very quickly, but it looks like the UFC is going to have those first four Saturdays back at their facility. Uh, they're going to run fight cards every week. So we, at least we know about those now. Uh, and then we're starting to see some in July as well. So we don't know exactly where those are going to be. I think the first four, we're pretty sure, will be at the Apex. Uh, after that is about when they believe Fight Island, the legendary Fight Island, will be available and, and ready to go. They think the last week of June, first week of July, somewhere around there. So uh, we'll see exactly when that all comes together logistically and what they decide to put on those cards. But it looks like for right now, at least uh, you know Vegas for the first four Saturdays uh, of the UFC's return. And um, you know, not, you know, no, no fans out there. So, uh, not like the people out here in Vegas can go out and, and watch fights, but I think people are excited that fights are back in Las Vegas and, uh, between top rank and, and UFC, it's going to be a lot of fight cards over the next uh, couple of months. I'm so excited. Boxing. MMA. It's all looking like it's starting to come back. I just hope that we all do it safely. Yes, yes, yes. Safely is a key word for me. I just want to say that this is all done well. And I think the UFC, for what it's worth, did do a good job of uh, testing when they had their three events in Jacksonville. And hopefully that kind of springboards what happens here with the rest of the fights, as long as they keep those stringent measures and protocols in place. I think all the, the combat sports fighters are going to be okay. And we'll see an update everybody after the Nevada State uh, Athletic Commission gets together on the 27th and hopefully do a preview podcast there for you on events happening on the 30th as well as the 6th as well as the boxing fights coming up man this is I, I just can't wait for some normalcy to resume but that'll do it for us here on the RJ Ringside Podcast. Check everything out that we do on ReviewJournal.com slash sports. And also follow this podcast on the ReviewJournal.com slash podcast site. Everything is free there. Just make sure to hit subscribe after you listen if you like what you hear. So for Larry Mir, Adam Hill, and Sam Gordon, we appreciate everybody listening here. And we'll be back next week.